Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Kelly Santer, and Dalton Sanford from the First Bank Studio uh, in Hattiesburg. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Got a good show. We're going to be talking to Patrick McGee, the professor down at the Biloxi Sun-Herald, uh, in just a few moments, a former baseball pitcher and a newly named high school baseball coach uh, from Southern Miss is going to be joining us here in just a few minutes as well. First segment of the show today sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and Southern Miss Athletics. It is the time of the year where you have a lot of social activities taking place in the summer months, and Dickey's is available to make it really special for you. Dickey's experts in catering. They can cater any event, large or small, uh, weddings, church activities, business functions, just afternoon backyard get-togethers. Kelly Center, uh, yeah, Dickies just, is a great place. And just let them know. Let them know what the budget is. All right, just say okay. What are, what are we working with here? And uh, this is the different meat choices. You get your choices of sides, which my as I've mentioned before, my favorite is the cream spinach. But all all kinds of different choices there. With uh, whatever your budget is, they can take care of you. No matter how big, no matter how small, sit back, relax, let Dickies do the cooking. I want to thank Dickies Barbecue Pit for their support of the Eagle Hour. Well, the uh, university and uh, Texas A&M's Athletic Communications Department uh, released a statement this afternoon making it official about Chad Kaye joining the Texas A&M coaching staff. And so Coach Scott Berry now does really initiate the search for two coaching changes. And speaking of coaching changes, our first guest is a former baseball player for the Golden Eagles as well as for Pearl River Community College. And he, too, just uh, made a coaching change. We welcome Kyle Lindsay to the Eagle Hour. Kyle, welcome aboard. Thanks, guys. How you doing today? Well, we're good. Uh, we're happy to have you, and uh, congratulations on your new job. Let the uh, Golden Eagle listeners around the state know where one of their former pitchers is now at. I appreciate that. Yeah, I just uh, accepted the head coach position of our Columbia High School. Uh, you know, it's, it's somewhere that I'm familiar with, and, you know, I, I, like, like I chose in college to go to Pearl River and to go to Southern Miss, you know, I like to stay around there on a pine bow. There's a lot of good baseball here. Well, it doesn't hurt, Kyle, that that, uh, that Columbia seems to have a, a consistent flow of talent. <laughs> you know, you, Columbia has, has produced some really good teams year in and year out down there, so that's always a plus, yeah? That's right. That, you know, that's something I think we got a really good senior class uh, this year, and it, you know, it, it's a lot to build on with them younger guys as well. I'm, I'm looking forward to August getting here and us uh, us getting the ball rolling and getting out there and seeing what we're made of. Kyle, one of the messages uh, when because you came out of Purvis High School, um, and and you you're not the biggest guy in the world, okay? Uh, you know, particularly you think of these prototype pitchers now at six four, six five. You're not that guy, right? And and oh, one, no. of, one of the good messages that I've always heard you talk to kids about is that you cannot obviously you can't control how tall you are necessarily, but you can still succeed, 
in the game of baseball and as a pitcher, regardless of your height? Kind of fill in some blanks there for us, that message. You know, that, that's something I tell our guys all the time. You, you can't measure heart. You can't measure heart in an individual. That, that don't really go on the stat sheet. Um, you know, and baseball is a sport. You, you see it in the big leagues. I mean, you saw Bregman on the home run derby the other night, and then you see those other guys that are monsters get up there. And it, it's a sport that, you know, it don't matter if you, you're 5'8 or 6'4". Um, it's a sport that you can play. You know, if you play it with passion and intensity, um, it's a sport you can be successful in. So how did you wind up at uh, at Southern Miss? Take us through that entire process. Well, you know, growing up, Southern Miss is always somewhere that I wanted to play. Um, it, it was it was a dream of mine. You know, I, I can say this honestly: if LSU would have came knocking and Southern Miss at the same time, I told LSU no, and I'd have been an eagle. You know, I'm, I bleed black and gold, and you know, so I was in my sophomore year at Pearl River, and, and I was having a really really good season. Um, and you know, Southern Miss came along there at the end of March, and you know, I actually was was Coach Kai, and I, and I hate to see him go. You know, that's a great opportunity for him and his family. Um, but you know, he, he extended the offer to me, and it was something I was I was thrilled to, to have, and I jumped all over it. But the fact that you weren't that six five guy, Kyle, and and for the record, how tall are you, if you don't mind? Uh, well, if they'll still let me wear cleats, I can, I can get five ten in the program. <laughs> <laughs> With brand new cleats, right? That, that's right. Brand, make sure those spikes aren't worn down. You know, they'll, they'll put me five ten in the program. So the fact that you weren't that big dude, what about your skill set that Coach Kai saw at that time made you a good fit and an attractive to Southern Miss? You know, I, I think I was able to uh, – I felt like I was, a, you know, more of a, a pitcher instead of a guy to get up there and just threw. I was able to work both sides of the plate, um, had multiple arm angles, and, you know, so I really turned three pitches into six from throwing from two arm slots. And, you know, I I had a good idea of what I was doing with the baseball. Um, I could I could read hitters, and, you know, I think that's something that, you know, I think you saw in me. I was able to get some swings and misses and, you know, some soft contact there at times, and, you know, there was times that there was rockets flew by my head and over the wall, um, but I was, you know, I was able to keep it in check a little bit. And I think you liked that about me. So, Kyle, when you were at Pearl River, you uh, broke the school record for wins and strikeouts in a season. Does that still, do those records still stand? Uh, it, you know, I'm not 100% sure. As far as I know, um, nobody's told me any difference. So I'm going to take credit for them while I still can, you know. Right. I feel like I'm a little washed up. You know, every time I get out there and throw BP, I'm like, I can't do it again. So, you know, I, I, I'll, still, I'll still take credit for those records. But it is interesting, as, as time goes on, these guys that have these records, the numbers tend to get inflated the older we get. Right, right, right. <laughs> kind of like fish. Yeah, right. I really struck out 200 that year. <laughs> right, um, right. They yeah, made a mistake. So, yeah. That's right. So, Kyle, great junior college and college career. And and now you're going to be the guy that these kids look up to that would aspire to do what you've done. What will be your overriding message to them? Well, you, you know, I look back at my playing career, and I was very, very fortunate to play for some, some quality quality guys, some quality coaches, you know, Coach Palmer, Coach Barry, Coach Kay, um, Coach Mack, down at Pro River, and Coach Hoffpire. Um, Learned a lot from those guys, um, you know, and I revert back, and I, I've really talked with Coach Farlow there at Purvis, you know, a lot here lately, and, you know, st- still still pick their brains for stuff that they do. Um, you know, my thing is if, if you can go out and try to try to improve daily and you can have a consistent mindset every every day you go out 
of just trying to be better than you were the day before. Um, you know, I think that goes a long ways. I'm, I'm preaching to them. You, you've got to be well-rounded people to be well-rounded baseball players. That means you got to get things done in the classroom, you know, off the field and on the field. And I think if you do all those things, you get results. And you look up at the end of the year and you had a pretty good season. Now, you know, a former Golden Eagle just took his West Jones baseball team to a state championship. I, I'm guessing the next one is going to be uh, Kyle Lindsey's ball club. Well, um, you know, we're, we're going to give it everything we got. Don't hold your breath on that just yet. Um, we we still got to put in a lot of work, um, you know, to, to have a chance to, to hold that trophy in the, the year. You know, I know that's everybody's uh, goal. That's everybody's dream. Um, you know, we're going we're gonna to keep our sights low, um, you know, to start out with. And, you know, if we get that opportunity, then, you know, they're in the playoffs to make a run at South State and then hopefully to Jackson. You know, that, that's something we'll talk about then, you know. But I can't say it's not something I, I don't think about. Um, but, you know, as coaches, it's, it's our job to keep our guys focused on the on the next opponent. That's what we're going to do. Right. Now, we've got a couple minutes left. Uh, your thoughts, you, you brought up Chad Kaye, and the official word came, we knew this last week, but the official word came from Texas A&M uh, Athletic Communications today. Uh, that, that they've had a news conference out there and introduced him. Your thoughts about Chad Kaye leaving the Southern Miss program? Man, I, you know, uh, I, I hate to see him go. You know, I I know from, you know, my years whenever I coached him at Pro River, just dealing with him with our players, um, he's a heck of a recruiter. He's a, he's a heck of an eye for talent. Um, he does a really good job with those hitters. Uh, you know, I think it's a it's a big blow for Southern Miss baseball. But you know, I, I know Coach Barry, and I you know, I know the type of worker he is, and the blue collar guy he is. He's going to get a guy in there that's going to fill that spot, and uh, Southern Miss baseball is not going to miss a beat. You know, right. they're it, it's going to be there, and they're going to continue to be strong. Now, Kyle, in our last thirty seconds or so, you're a young enough coach, so you have you've been coaching in the era of social media. And I hear more and more coaches saying that social media is of the devil, kind of, uh, in the sense that kids are now all over social, social media promoting themselves and that baseball is beginning to be less of a team sport and more of an eye sport. Your comment about that and your message to your players at Columbia High about the pluses and minuses of social media. You know, I think no matter who you are, you like to see um, positive things, you know, about yourself, um, you know, if you're not playing at the end of the year, then it don't matter. Nobody's gonna to come to watch you. Um, you know that's what I've always, how I've always felt. Um, if you don't make a, a decent run, you know, into the playoffs, then you know, you know why, why is somebody gonna come watch your team play? Because your team's not very good. The better your team is, you know, the more people gonna come watch you. I think team success uh, goes a lot further into individual success, you know, than just individual um, leading the team success. And that's you know that's the message I'll shoot them. You know. I, I don't think they ought to, ought to ought to be, you know, geared towards how many offers they get. It's you know, play for the play for the team you're at, the school you're at, and all those other things take care of themselves. All right, Kyle, congratulations! Thanks a lot for your time, man. Glad to have you on the show. Guys, I appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. All right, Kyle Lindsay, everybody. The professors next. We're going to be talking uh, Southern Miss football and baseball with Patrick McGee right after this.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Welcome back. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Bob Kelly and Dalton in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. First Bank, of course, the home of the Perfect Ten, Reggie Collier. And building a new place right down the road. Yeah, off of Highway 98 here in the... Uh, right down from the studio. So, Ten will be able to drop in just, you know... Without warning and get on the show. Well, that's what sold them the parcel of land. They go, you know, you're just a stone's throw from the Super Talk Studios. Right. Oh, well. I think he holds the record for the most appearances on the show. Could be. I don't know. Probably Scott Berry holds the record, I would think. But uh, the Physical appearances? Because Reggie comes to the studio. Yeah, Reggie comes to the studio. Yeah, that's exactly right. So our thanks to our first bank. Also want to thank our good buddies at Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. They got a great selection of Southern Miss Summer Apparel. Uh, right now in stock, all sort of pastel colors and really pretty stuff uh, down at the uh, Campus Book Mart. If you're listening in other parts of the country, like Al Baker Land up in the Delta or Al Holder Land over uh, near Madison, uh, you can go to campusbookmart.net and they'll deliver it right to your phone. And now is the time you need, to, you need to get into Campus Book Mart and get ready for the football season. Because if you don't get in there, then the only shirts that are going to be left will be the black shirts. Right, which which look nice, right. except when it's a hundred degrees outside and the size medium. <laughs> the la- yes, the last thing you want to be doing <laughs> is wearing a black medium shirt. Right. You know? No, exactly correct. All right, uh, we're going to go down to the Gulf Coast today. The professor is normally with us on Thursday, but he's about to vacation. So, well, we joke about the professor being on the yacht. The weather forecast on the coast. He may yeah. have to have the yacht in his backyard here in yeah. another day or two. Uh, well, professor, are you headed down into the Caribbean? Because we wanted to give you a heads up. There's uh, some tropical problems in the Gulf. Yeah, actually, uh, supposed to fly out to Austin, Texas. Uh, tomorrow and hoping the it sounds like we're going to try to get out pretty early in the morning so hopefully we can dodge the weather and get out and hopefully the uh, storm doesn't keep track in that way so right that's uh, the way it's going professor it's yeah, going well, to texas yeah well it sounds like the weather's going to the worst of it's going to stay east of houston as long as that's okay we're fine uh are they expecting any bad weather down on the coast no i mean we've got rain just like kind of new orleans has had but uh, it, I guess really the issue is just going to be flooding. It'll just be kind of a persistent rain. We're not really expecting anything too bad, though. Okay. All right. How about we talk sports? Sounds good there to me. Go. All right. We're going to start with baseball. I want to read something to you, uh, Patrick, and I want you to tell me you're a writer, and I want you to tell me if if I'm reading this wrong, if, if it has any odd connotation to it. This is a a release that we got from Texas A&M not too long ago through the office of Jack Duggan. It's talking about Chad Kaye officially coming on the A&M staff, and they quoted Coach Kaye, and here's the quote. This is an unbelievable opportunity and a dream come true for my family and me to be part of something so special. This is a chance for me to coach at a premier program and work under the, one of the finest head coaches in college baseball. We are truly blessed. What do you take from that statement? Nothing. I mean, it just sounds like kind of a quote that you get from any coach whenever he shows up his new job. I wouldn't take it as a, uh, you know, anything as a slight to Southern Miss. I mean, Southern Miss is a uh, is a regional contender in, in the in a uh, program that's consistently there. But A and M, the resources are off the, you know, uh, they they've got money out the wazoo. So, uh, in terms of financial opportunity and the uh, a chance to recruit kind of nationally, uh, uh-huh. more so than say what Southern Miss has done. This is a chance for him to kind of move up. How big a blow is this to Southern Miss? 
Oh, well, I mean, for the time being, uh, yeah, it's a setback. It's until you see who his replacement is. Uh, but, I mean, I think Barry's done a good job. He saw what what he did in hiring Christian Ostrander uh, to hire Federico, and I think I think he can make the argument that the pitching staff has been, you know, improved under Ostrander. Right. Uh, so, I, you know, I, you know, this is a, you know, that's a job that folks are going to want at Southern Miss. So I don't think Barry will have much of a problem finding somebody that will be a good fit, uh, somebody that has connections throughout the region. And, and I think it's important to note, too, Bob, when you read that quote, as, as to who he was giving it to. He's right. giving it to the Texas A&M nation. Well, well right. there you go. So, I mean, he's, he's, he's telling them exactly what they, what they want to hear. Right. You right. Know? So I think, I think you need to give him a pass to a degree on that. Well, I, don't you disagree. Know? I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, is, are there any names that come into your mind? Any thoughts uh, in regard to where Scott Berry may be thinking? Yeah, I mean, there are some names that pop up, but it, there are also names I'm not, I, I don't really believe he's going to hire. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I think we're going to see somebody, uh, a relatively fresh face. Uh, Ostrander, uh, I think he was kind of a familiar guy to, to folks here in the Pine Belt with, with his time at uh, JCJC and at Louisiana Tech. I, you know, I, I don't have a great guess on who this next guy is going to be. Uh, there are some names that come to mind that are at, you know, coaching D1 baseball, like Travis Creel, who's on the Louisiana Tech staff now, and uh, the JCJC head coach makes get some consideration for this, but uh, I really don't know who it's going to be. I haven't heard any names. It's still early in the process. Obviously, uh, I think Barry said maybe a dozen or so coaches have reached out to him about the job. Uh, I don't doubt they'll have a problem getting somebody that can fit in. Uh, I mean, if you look at kind of the path Kai took to Southern Miss, he was at Southeastern Louisiana uh, before he got to USM. He was actually had, had just been hired at McNeese State uh, whenever Southern Miss hired him. So uh, maybe somebody on that level, somebody that's kind of had some in the region, Louisiana, or Mississippi, Alabama, uh, somebody that really kind of knows that area. So I, I think we see candidates kind of come from that pool. I don't think either one of you are off off track there with, with that Creel. I think you're, you're talking maybe hypothetically, but I think he might be more of a serious candidate than anybody's leading on. You know, leading on to possibly, uh, and yeah, and and I hear I hear the name Lad Rhodes too, who's an assistant um, at Jones right now. Mm-hmm. I think his name is Lad Rhodes. Um, for to take over Volmuth's spot, mm-hmm. um, uh, the volunteer, you know, volunteer assistant there too. And of course, if he's he is at JCJC right now and was familiar with the MACJC and and has experience and, and I think including at Delta State. So mm-hmm. um, a lot of good guys out there for sure. Patrick, do you think there would be any hesitancy about Travis Creel for this reason? I know there's a close connection between the head coaches at Tech and obviously Scott Berry, Lamberos and Scott Berry. Just two years well, ago, he goes and, yeah. and takes the pitching coach from that staff. Would he be hesitant now to go take the hitting coach and recruiting coordinator? No, I mean, I don't think so. I, but I think the one thing you have to look at is how reliant uh, La Tech has been on the JUCO system. And, uh, you know, and, and, hmm. and the JUCO system is also important to Southern Miss, but at Louisiana Tech has had kind of an outsized presence. Uh, so I, I, I think – I, I think the goal for Barry is going to find somebody that really knows the high school system mm-hmm. uh, just as well as the JUCO system. So, I, you know, maybe he's a good fit right now. I mean, Krill's still a young coach. I don't doubt that he'll have an opportunity to coach at a Southern Miss or someplace like that eventually. Uh, but at the moment, it's just all about a matter of fit. Krill may be a great fit, but uh, mm-hmm. just looking at, you know, what Kaye and other guys that recruited at Southern Miss have done, I, I think you really need to have that high school beat down pat. All right. Coach Perry, let us know Monday that 
really the reason that they lost B.A. Valmuth is because they were just unable to pay him uh, and that, uh, you know, they had hoped to keep him around until the NCAA approved the uh, paid position for a third coach in Division One baseball. Do you have any explanation for why the NCAA would, would be preventing coaches from hiring third paid assistants? Well, it all comes down to the, it has, it, the colleges have to vote and approve that. Uh, it was really close to getting approved uh, here this summer, but it didn't go down because some conferences, I think the Big Ten yes. among them, were opposed to uh, adding that third paid assistant. So, it, it, you know, there's even some schools and conferences, I think even the Americans opposed it as a whole. So I, I don't understand, you know, I guess these schools are just reluctant to put that much more money in the college baseball. I don't, I, I don't fully understand it, but the, you know, and, and Barry did talk to BA Volmuth about replacing Kaye, uh, but you know, BA had already expressed some interest in, into getting into private business, right. selling insurance and stuff like that. And but you know, with BA, he just doesn't have that experience as a recruiter, uh, being that volunteer assistant. So. And that, that's kind of the main reason BA's not on the staff was because they need somebody, uh, not not replacing Kai, I should, I should say. They want somebody with uh, deep experience as a recruiter. Yeah, that's important. Ostrander, has he got, does he have a, a pretty solid recruiting background? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's really solid in that regard. He's, you know, Federico is a really, really good recruiter. Uh, Ostrander, you know, in his experience at JCJC and La Tech and a baseball coach at Goldport, he has a really kind of a good base in knowing what what kind of player Southern Miss pulls on. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned Federico a minute ago, and what he's done at at, at Louisiana Monroe just in, in just in his first year, which was two years ago, because that Warhawk program was in major trouble. They they were in major trouble, and the fact that they got Federico because I you know that. Because that was a dumpster fire, right? And no coach, if you're going to take your first job, you don't necessarily want to walk into something like that. But uh, but he's done a really good job in the two years that he's been there. And, and the Scott Berry coaching tree that we like we talked about has, has has had a lot of good coaches, you know, come and, come and go. So We had the impression, Patrick, uh, interested to get your thoughts. We got this impression pretty directly from Coach Berry Monday that it's a, it's a job a lot of people are going to apply for. Yeah, yeah, at least a dozen have already reached out, and I think that list will only grow with time. All right, Patrick made some football predictions and picks, and uh, if you'll stick around, Patrick, we want to discuss that with you on the other side of the break. That good? Sure. Patrick McGee, the professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, continues on the Eagle Hour right after this. Southern Miss to the top. 
Welcome back, everybody. Uh, glad you're with us. We're broadcasting from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg this afternoon on the Eagle Hour. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Had a friend, Kelly, that uh, actually another manager in Super Talk that contacted me yesterday, and she and a friend of hers are coming down to shop and spend some time in Hattiesburg this weekend, and she asked me a great place to have lunch. I instantly said 4th Street Bar and Grill. And, and you know, trivia, I think trivia is Thursdays. Thursdays now. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you know that what which mammal has the longest gestation period and the shortest gestation no, period? No, Kelly, I don't. The no. el- the elephant has the longest gestation period, uh-huh. and the opossum has the shortest gestation period. And you would find that out if you played trivia. And you and learned the, that at Four Street Bar and Grill. The gestation period for an opossum, thirteen days. Is that correct? You would have known that if you hadn't been at Four Street Bar. And, and and really, what good is it going to do you from now on? Were, you, were you anywhere near the uh, the uh, NIT poster when you learned that information? <laughs> it's fading quickly, Bob. The you. colors on that poster are fading quickly, <laughs> so get by there. <laughs> All right. Patrick McGee from the Biloxi Sun-Herald is with us if he hadn't hung up after that little <laughs> brief conversation right there. And uh, Patrick... Uh, I know you've been you've been writing a little bit now about football. You've got some football picks. We kind of reviewed some uh, publications and how they view Conference USA in the upcoming year. But share with us at this point of the year your thoughts about the upcoming season, Patrick. Well, I, I wrote a piece I encourage people uh, to go back and read it last week, kind of where I really did a breakdown of all twelve games and and gave my own kind of uh, you know a, a possi- you know the probability of a Southern Miss win kind of did percentage wise. Uh, you know, all the way from, you know, 100% tip beating UTEP to 0% losing, I mean, uh, beating Alabama. Uh, but it was, you know, it was, it, there's really comes down to three games that are kind of the, the coins toss games. And that's Troy, uh, uh, North Texas, and FAU, the regular season finale. And, you know, two of those road games, Troy and FAU, and North Texas come to Hattiesburg, but of course, uh, North Texas, a really talented football team with the best, uh, far and away the best quarterback in the conference, and Mason Fine. And, and all three of those I had really kind of going the other way. But, I mean, very slightly, especially the FAU game, I think it's going to be a 50-50 game on the road. Uh, North Texas, you know, we saw what happened last year and didn't. Mm-hmm. I expect Southern Miss to be a much better football team than what they showed last year and didn't. But uh, it's just kind of hard to see, seeing Southern Miss get over that map. Uh, or getting over that hump. But the the Troy game is really kind of a big question mark because they have a new football coach, uh, Chip Lindsey. Uh, so there's always that potential for kind of, uh, uh, you know, the, the hangover that kind of follows a coaching change. You really don't know what you're going to see out of Troy, but Troy's got a lot of talent back, and Southern Miss has to go there uh, early in the season. So the final mark I have for right now for, is, is Southern Miss 7-5. and five. But really, the Troy and FAU games in North Texas game, really, really, they're all kind of uh, coins tossed. And it, 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 with at seven and five, I had them going six and two in conference play, which would be say you finish second to uh, North Texas in the West Division. So it, it's all there for Southern Miss to take. Uh, you know, even though they have one of the toughest schedules they've had in a long time with only five home games. Uh, but the, if you look at it, it's a reason. It's perfectly reasonable that Southern Miss can win eight or nine games, but. Uh, seven, considering that those three tough games, Troy, North Texas, and FAU. And that is exactly where Las Vegas, they, they set the over-under for Southern Miss wins at seven and a half. Right. So they're they're right, right on board with you there. But Chip Lindsay, you mentioned Chip Lindsay at uh, at Troy. Of course, he's got, he, he knows Southern Miss pretty doggone well. Yeah, yeah, and I expect Chip Lindsay to, to work well with the talent he has on, on hand. 
Uh, we all remember what he did at Southern Miss the first year. And, you know, they were fairly productive, but it wasn't really till year two whenever Todd Munkin handed over the play calling duties to Chip Lindsey. And he had a lot to work with that, that year with two NFL running backs, NFL quarterback, and uh, even NFL receiver Michael Thomas and multiple NFL guys on the offensive line. So uh, it, that was a really talented Southern Miss offense, and it sounds like he's inheriting almost a talented group there at Troy. So I expect Troy to be really tough, and for Southern Miss to have to go there, uh, that makes this, this schedule really, really tough. Uh, having only that one non-conference home game really kind of you know hinders Southern Miss from going to, say, a, a eight- or a nine-win team to possibly just a seven- to eight. You, you mentioned that about Todd Munkin's team, running backs, quarterbacks, linemen, receivers, all of the National Football League. How did he do that, Patrick, when, when he came in and took over a team that had gone 0-12? Well, you know, obviously he, he he had a lot to do with Nick Mullen's development. Uh, Nick did not look like an NFL guy coming out, but you look at, say, a Jalen Richard or uh, really Jalen Richard, he was brought on by Ellis Johnson's staff. Ito <laughs> mm. uh, you know, Smith was there in, in Todd Munkin's first class, I think it was. And, uh, you you know, that's that's a tremendous credit to Munkin to really bring in a player like that. It was like Southern yeah. Miss or Georgia Tech. And then Michael Thomas, the receiver, He's been with the Rams, kind of had a hard time getting on the field, but he's been kick return and stuff like that. It was either Minnesota or Southern Miss. So he really won some kind of tight recruiting uh, battles there early in his time at Southern Miss that made a big difference uh, there in his third year on the job. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Todd Munkin did a good job of recruiting and, and developing players. And Rashad Hill, and uh, Rashad Hill actually came in under the Ellis, John- Ellis Johnson staff, uh, guys like that. So they, they got guys, they developed them, and, and the tournament NFL players. Patrick, we, we love you on this show, but but if we have to put it in your contract that we do not say the words Ellis Johnson <laughs> <laughs> on this show. <laughs> so, Patrick, put odds yeah. on this. How, how, what are the odds that Kelly and I could have coached that team and done as well that year as Ellis Johnson? <laughs> Uh well, you know what? If looking back, you know, and I've said it before that the uh, that the Ellis Johnson's one year, his team that one year was was a better team than, than Todd Munkin's first team. I mean, that was uh, believe me, they did not do a good job uh, with that team, and there was also some bad luck that played into it. I mean, it, it there were a lot of injuries that year, uh, but really, I mean, the the handling of the quarterback situation, uh, the coaching of the offense was really really bad. Uh, right. the, you know, the placing of Steve Buckley in the role of offensive coordinator. I mean, th- there was bad luck. I mean, Ricky Bustle comes in, and he's supposed to be the offensive coordinator. And uh, he has some personal issues and pulled him away from the job, and then he has to insert Steve Buckley. Uh, you can make a strong argument that it was a bad decision to hire Bustle or Buckley or the fact that you put Buckley in there as offensive coordinator. So a lot of things went wrong for that team, whether it was injuries or issues with the staff. <laughs> I mean, it was just everything you can imagine – uh, and not all Ellis Johnson's fault. Just went wrong that year. But obviously, Ellis Johnson made some poor decisions right. with how he put that. Yeah, staff I remember together. two games in that particular year, though. They, the East Carolina game and the Louisville game. They they were in a position to win the game at the end of the game and just right. uh, and couldn't pull it out. Yeah, I mean they were probably a team. You know, it was uh, considering everything that went wrong. They still still should have won three or four ball games. Obviously, that didn't happen. Right. Uh, the team just kind of gave up on the staff, and that really just made things right. that much worse. All right, we were talking earlier this week, uh, I think it was Athlon. Athlon predicted uh, uh, Marshall to win the East, 
Uh, FIU and FAU right there. Right. right it was Marshall them. to win the East, North Texas to win the West, and Marshall to win the conference overall. I found that a little mm-hmm. surprising, Patrick. Yeah, I don't really buy that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm somebody that's not really sold on Marshall in general here the last two to three years. I just I don't like what I'm seeing out of them. I don't, you know, I think they're just kind of a soft club. I don't expect them to be an FAU or an FIU who are much, you know, more talented and I think better coached at this point. So I don't think Marshall gets there. I think it's going to be between Southern Miss and North Texas and the West. Uh, but I don't, I, you know, I think Marshall's probably a third or fourth. Place who you like in the East? Uh. FAU's brought in a lot of good, uh, uh, talented transfers, and as long as Lane Kiffin has the talent to work with, I, I would expect them to win eight or nine ball games and probably probably win the East. But uh, FIU's perfectly capable of being there as well. We talked about this a month or so ago. When you know when the little pocket schedules come out and all the fans, mm-hmm. one of the things you like to do is circle a lot of win this one, won't win this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The North Texas game I'm t- is going to be. In the words of the man in Washington, huge mm-hmm. right. when North Texas comes here. It's it, that's going to be a right. that's going to be a real probably big the, one. probably the game to decide the West, right? Yeah, Pat? the tiebreaker for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, I would think so. Just as I kind of looked over the teams as I was writing my piece, I mean UTSA, I I, I expect them to be right there with UTEP. Uh, their rice, and you're talking about three teams are going to be pretty bad. Then you'd have other teams in there like Louisiana Tech and UAB, kind of in the middle of the division. But I think Southern Miss and North Texas are, are better ball clubs than everybody else in the West. So I think it's pretty clear that that ball game in Hattiesburg is going to decide that West division, you know, as long as injuries and a lot of other things don't come into play. And, and what excites me about that matchup is, as Patrick just mentioned, the fine quarterback whose name literally is fine that North mm-hmm. Texas has is going to be throwing it right into the sharpest teeth of the Southern Miss team, and that's the defense. Mm-hmm. So you have the classic offense versus defense matchup there. I, that North Texas game, I'm telling you, I can't wait for that one. That's right. going to be a good right. one. Right. Uh, Patrick, real quick, I think we have less than a minute left. UAB was the kingpin last year. Did, did they fall mm-hmm. way off because I know they had a, a, a pretty old football team? Yeah, I, th- I could still see in UAB being a bowl team, maybe that you know six or seven win team. But yeah, they're they're going to have have a fall off. They lost so many seniors from last year's team, uh, so many transfers that came in there was just a year or two. So UAB won't be quite the team, but I expect Bill Clark to do a good job. And they'll still match up against Southern right, Miss. They right. always seem to. All right, Patrick, you're on vacation next week. Is that right? All week. Well, actually, I'll be back uh, Wednesday, so if y'all need me Thursday show, I'll be around. We need you, Patrick. Hey, we're not shameful. We'll track you down on vacation. We've done that before, <laughs> Patrick. All right, Pat, All have, right. A, have a good time, buddy. All right, y'all too. Patrick Bye. McGee, everybody. Biloxi Sun Herald. Eagle Hour continues right after this word. To the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Welcome back, everybody. This segment is sponsored by Gulfport Home Center, our good friends down on the Mississippi Gulf Coast with a huge selection of pre-manufactured housing, uh, every size, 
uh, every type of house. Uh, you can go from getting a very basic home to a really nice, uh, really loaded up house. Uh, they've got it all for you. Do the financing for you as well. Gulfport Home Center, we appreciate very much their support of the program. I want to remind everybody, if you're in the Laurel, Mississippi, Jones County area, that Super Talk is uh, producing a political forum tomorrow night at the Old Train Depot in downtown Laurel. Quite a number of state candidates, from the gubernatorial candidates down to highway commissioner, public service commissioner, will be there. A lot of Jones County candidates as well. Opportunity for you to go meet the candidates face-to-face, and then they'll all be delivering speeches uh, on Super Talk stations in Hattiesburg and Laurel beginning tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. So we encourage everyone to participate in that. And don't freak out about when you when you hear Bob say they're going to give speeches. Look, just brief. very Six br- minutes. Yeah, very brief speeches. So you're not going to have to worry about a Bill Clinton uh, State no, of the a, Union a address. brief opportunity you know. to pitch themselves to the voters of Jones County a week from Thursday night. Super Talk will be doing the same thing here in Hattiesburg. And none other, none other than Kelly J. Sander will be hosting that one. Well, it's part of my prison oh, work boy. release program. Right. Yeah. Also, I want to remind you that the, uh, the, the deal tomorrow night and next Thursday will be uh, will be shown live on Facebook. Esquire has agreed to go handle this. It will be on supertalklaurel.com. How does that work, Esquire? I'm not really sure about that. Uh, well, there's a, there's a few different ways you could do it. It's either going to be done from a from a cell phone and streamed directly to the Facebook page, or it can be done with a big old camera and it has to be hooked up to a computer and streamed that way. Mm-hmm. So, but. So in the event you fall ill or something, this is something you could step in and handle for us, Kelly? Probably not. You talking to me? <laughs> I risk my case. <laughs> Only if it's going to be on Stitch Cloud or whatever. It's a Stitch Cloud. Speaking of Stitch Cloud, where all can you hear the Eagle Hour, Esquire? Well, you can hear it on SoundCloud. Oh, there you, oh there you go. That's who hosts it for our website. You can also hear it on Stitcher, or you can hear it on Spotify, on the iTunes podcast app, or on Google Play Music. Which do you prefer, Kelly? I've got a t-shirt that says, listeners get stitchers. Yeah, yeah. You know? which, which of those platforms are you most often I don't use? think he even knows what any of those are, Bob. I mean... I, I, I don't. I, see? It's, I told you, it's Chinese algebra to me, man. I, I'm going to get Jody Lott to call <laughs> you this afternoon and get you up to speed on Stitcher and SoundCloud and all those. I think he's a... From what I hear, Jody is a platform guru man i'm i'm amazed i mean the show around the state because i hear people you know Mm -hmm. text me and and i do get those i do Mm -hmm. get text Mm -hmm. messages on my Mm -hmm. phone um but the the feedback that you all are giving us on the show is just overwhelming a lot of people you know and i know i know that you're listening because you specifically will tell us Mm -hmm. what we said so we know that uh we know that you're listening but those responses have really picked up since i gave your number to my mother right it's oh she's a big fan (laughs) you know um i think she thinks i'm dean martin but that's okay that's okay um but it's it's really gratifying though to, to hear that uh, that a lot of people across the state you know enjoy enjoy the show well and we thank them for that sure uh, we for sure. thank them for tuning in each and every day and we thank the sponsors that have always made the show possible and uh, it's all it's fun you know we uh no secret you and i are southern miss guys we love southern miss and uh, we enjoy talking about southern miss athletics and 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 you and just like we were picking on poor scott barry earlier in the week he probably thought you know it was a great season team did a lot of things i'm just gonna kick back and chill and for a couple of months no no you're not coach. <laughs> wrongo no coach you're not gonna do that yeah. uh, i have no doubt that he'll make a great hire though kelly he, he's done a great job and and replacing everyone that's left you know 
You know your program is doing well when your coaches are the targets of other schools. And it's no secret to forget the sport, forget that it's baseball, but every coach always kind of has that list in their back pocket right. as to as to who their go-to guys are in case something happens. And obviously it's not because they want their fine assistants to leave, but the program can't sit there and linger in limbo until you, so so that list is always kind of handy. You know, so so when these openings come up, it's not like it's not like these coaches don't have any idea who they're going to reach out to. Right. I mean, they you know they kind of have an inkling as to as to what direction they're going to at least go. In, you know, in the beginning, of course, then it'll be up to those people to accept or not. But uh, there, there's so so much chemistry that's involved there. You know, the work relationships that you have, and there's no fraternity, Bob, that I've experienced that is as tight as that coaching fraternity is. Man, right? You know, you see these football coaches in particular. I mean, they're fired one day, the next day they're hired. At, at another school yeah you know so they they take care of each other and they know who's good at what they do and and uh i totally agree the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior and there's no reason to think that scott barry would no, would no hit question. a hit a clunker now no you know? no question he, he hadn't hit many right uh, at all in his career uh it, it's a nomadic lifestyle too isn't it I mean, yeah, you, you really move around, and I and, and I think we've talked about this on the show before too. That you really feel sorry for the wives lots of times, you know, because right. that that's just part of it. They understand if they're marrying a coach that it's tough to tough to put those roots down, right. you know, and keep All them right. there. That wraps up another edition of the Eagle Hour. Thanks very much for tuning in, everybody. Kelly Dalton and I will be back tomorrow at one o'clock, and until then, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. Slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.